welcome to the Saddle Cartel Podcast. We're going to talk tips, tricks, tactics, and saddle hunting scenarios with our staff from across the country, members of our Facebook page, manufacturers in the industry, and we'll probably get into a few campfire stories along the way. Enjoy the ride. Let's get into it. All right, welcome everybody to another uh, episode of the Saddle Cartel Podcast, man. I've got John Mabry on the line, uh, one of our staff members with the Saddle Cartel, and we are just going to just have some general conversation about a season, our season wrap-up and uh, kind of talk about some things that, that we learned and some things that, we, uh, that maybe helped us and, and, and maybe some things that hurt us uh, over the season. So, John, how you been, man? I've been good, buddy. Just trying to you know, get through the Christmas season and get this new year kicked off. Oh, I hear you, man. <laughs> that that that's uh that's kind of what we're doing here, man. Uh, so so our season ends January fifteenth, but I'm I'm pretty much wrapped up and kind of shifting gears towards uh um I'm gonna try to shoot some hogs after the first of the year and thin out thin out some of the hogs and and uh, kind of go from there, man. Yeah, our season ends here in West Virginia tomorrow, but I've still got a tag left, but I don't have any intention of filling it up. I was lucky enough to take a doe and a, a buck with my bow, and then my son killed his first deer, so I've got plenty of venison in the freezer. I don't really see any need to, to get back out there unless I knew somebody wanted this deer meat. I'm just going to wait until next year and see what it brings. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so, man, so so why don't you just – let's talk about your season, man, how it uh, – you know, I know that you, uh, you harvested a, a buck that you was kind of after, but you'd also harvested a doe. I mean – I mean, is there anything out there just, you know, that in particular that you learned through the season, man? Oh, yeah, I learned a lot. So um, when the season first kicked off, I, you know, first of well, end of September, first of October, I was kind of in bear mode. We've got a big bear population here in West Virginia, and I was, I've never taken a bear with my bow or any bear for that reason. And I was really wanting to try to get onto a bear. Uh was on a big bear probably a 400 maybe closer to 500 pound bear big old boar and uh first week of the season kicks off i've kind of got a pattern on this bear i know the ridge top he's running i get set up on him and for those folks listening if you run the uh the gear strap from tethered you know it's the it wraps around the tree and you got the molly loops and you can set your gear hooks wherever you really want them well i'd set myself up that day and my bow was at that perfect height where I just had to reach out and grab my handle. I mean, it was just, I didn't have to reach up and it had to reach down. So the bear came in, I don't know, 17, 18 yards broadside, just as pretty as you please. I reach out, grab my bow, clip my release on, <clears throat> pull back, put the pin on his heart, touch the release off, and all I hear is go wham. I see the arrow, <laughs> I see the arrow flying just all kinds of funny ways through the air, just just like a, a football going in over Ian. And the arrow actually smacked the bear. Um, but, of course, it didn't hurt him, and the bear ran off. And I look, and I was so excited that I never took my bow off that gear hook. that was, my, was hanging on that his strap. So, lesson number one. Right. Always try to set your equipment up where it is going to force you to either pick up and set it off or reach below you and pick up and set it off. Don't put it at that perfect height. And especially if they come in just right. I mean, I, I literally did not have to move my body at all. All I had to do was reach out, grab the handle of the bow and clip my release on and pull straight back. And that's how perfect that setup was. And had I, you know, pulled the bow off the hook like I should have. And it was a huge rookie mistake. You know, I'd be celebrating with that big bear, but that just goes to show you, <laughs> you know, you, you can hunt as long as you want to and, and shoot as much as you want to, but nothing's ever going to go as you plan it to. And that was just, you know, it was funny, but it wasn't, you know, I really wanted that bear and it kind of damaged my bow. I had to get my bow worked on, knock my string off my cam and uh, chip my cam a little, a little bit on my bow, but I got it back back uh, functioning the next day oh uh, that'll that'll hoyt will be all right man <laughs> oh yeah it. <laughs> it's tough as nails so so i'm kind of the same way with um with the recurve man because i got the trad uh i got the trad set up so i always throw my my gear hook i always throw it up real high and because i've got that extra link with the uh with the recurve and i'm like so when i first started i mean it's kind of funny you, you said that that's a lesson learned for you because i kind of it was kind of a lesson learned for me too 
um, as far as where to hang. That was kind of new to me this year was learning where to hang my gear and hang, hang all my equipment. And so I started actually, cause where I'm at, man, you know, I'll empty a quiver on pigs sometimes. And so I carry as many arrows as I can, mm-hmm. but I got to where I was pulling one arrow out and leaving it and leaving a gap in my quiver. And I would hang my, I would actually hang my recurve up off my gear hook off the uh, quiver so it would get a little higher for me so that way when I retched up I had to reach up and pull it off you know what I mean because it's a uh, so so the I'm using the innovating the outdoors uh gear hook and, and I love that thing just because it's super simple to, to to just put up in your in your in your pocket wrap it up and put it in your pocket or whatnot but oh, I'm, yeah. I'm same way it took me a little bit of learning how that's that's half the battle I think sometimes man is learning how to set that stuff up you know what I mean oh absolutely you know you're always adjusting, always trying to figure out the perfect setup for you. And, and it's going to differ uh, every time you get in a different tree. You know, you might have to make some adjustments adjustments to where you want your stuff. So it was a big lesson learned for me that it's gonna, I'm going to have to force myself to put my gear strap on at a place I'm going to have to either pick up from above and come down or pick up from below and come up to get my bow, um, you know, in range of the animals. So right right well and so so you never caught up with the bear then right was that was that the last time you seen him or yeah that, that bear that was the last time i seen that bear <clears throat> um moving on through the season i actually had two more encounters with bears um at a different location so i hunt two different counties here in west virginia there's my home county that i that first encounter was and then i'm on a hunt lease in my neighboring county um and that's where i had two more encounters with bears and that was just simply me misranging deer. Um, you know, even though I had a range finder on, or misranging bear, so to speak, even though I had a range finder on my bino pack on my chest, you know, I did not utilize that piece of equipment and had two more chances at bears this season, shot under the belly of one, shaved its hair off. And the third bear, <clears throat> this wasn't really a mistaken range. It was, this bear came in right at dusk. I mean, there was probably five minutes of shooting light left and I was set up in a tree and this tree was, had a lot of branches that kind of spread out off of it. And there was one branch that probably went out 15 to 20 foot in the path, shooting the path of the, where I figured the bear would be coming in. And I, when I, that bear came in and get offered me that shot, I, Maybe it was the low light. I don't know, but I didn't pay attention to that limb. And when I shot, my arrow hit that limb, and it deflected my arrow enough just to go across the top of that bear's back and shave the top of his back. So that was three bear encounters this season, and I goofed all three of them up. But, you know, that's hunting. Well, so, so you you know, talking about that, man, so that's something that, Okay, I I didn't, and 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 the listeners, you know, and the, and the the members on the Facebook, they they probably didn't see this, but, um, you know, my first part of the season, man, I was struggling to calm down a little bit, and and what was happening was, what was happening was, is that there's been times that I was sitting, I've been sitting in a in a in a stand or, you know, whatnot back in the day when I was when I was compound hunting, man, and I could make shots happen. You know what I mean? And, and I would, I would, I would see these animals come through there and I could, I could make something happen. And so going from last year to this year with this being my second year with the traditional um, equipment, I knew I was so much better off mentally and I was just more prepared um, in my equipment. And I had, I had more faith in a lot of things. So I was trying to, my first, first part of the season, man, I, I was, I spent that trying to calm myself down and quit trying to make things happen i was yeah. trying to make things happen and not just let them happen and i was like i was you know I, I i told uh told some guys and i told my wife i said hey listen i said i said man i I said if i would just calm down and quit trying to make things happen um i said i would probably have three tags filled by now but i oh, was I just know. i was just trying to make things happen i was like you know th- and so that was one thing that I really learned this year was, um, setup, you know, and one thing that helped me as far as setup went was I was trying to use pinch points where find where, find, um, find, uh, you know, where I could get these deer and pinch these deer down to where I could get them into that sub 20 range and stuff. And, 
And, you know, once, once I realized that, okay, if this is where I'm trying to put the, if this is where I think the deer are going to be, and that's, that's not where they show up, don't try to make something happen. Um, you know, things will go, go your way. Once I started kind of calming down and I kind of started getting into a rhythm of that, things started happening. I started, I started putting some, putting some deer on the ground, you know, but it, I spent the first part of my season, man. And it was like, I just, you got to calm down. You got to calm down. You got to quit trying to make things happen. Yeah. That deer might've been, you know, uh, 20 yards over here on the weak side, but you know, that wasn't the best opportunity. You should, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so, and as the season went on, I evolved in my setups and also watching what deer were doing, um, in these areas when I'd see these deer work through, I'd say, okay, Hey man, you know, this is kind of what happened to me last time in here. I'm going to dial in. And that's, what's good about being mobile was, Hey, I maybe wasn't, I'm, I might've been in a preset, um, that I'd set up early in the season. And maybe I was, maybe I was just off a little bit. So it was like, then I take my, my one stick in and I would be like, okay, I'm, I mean, I'm, I might only move 20 yards, but, that's kind of what my intentions were this year. Have some presets in some certain areas, and then use my one stick to bounce around and dial in if I needed to. And I mean, there was literally there was one area I hunted this year that I had a preset in, and I actually one sticked in there three times, three different times in three different trees, mainly because of wind direction and what what I'd seen last time. And and I finally ended up capitalizing on a deer in there. But but you know, yeah, like I said, man, I mean it took me half the season to get calmed down and, and quit trying to th- make things happen. <laughs> well, you know, that's, you know, you and I are, we're basically the same age. We've probably been hunting the same amount of years. So together, we're, you know, we're probably 60, 70 years of hunting experience, but it doesn't matter how much you've got. It's almost like you always kind of want to force the issue when a deer comes in, uh, you know, you, like you was talking about, and I've done it too this year, instead of just letting things play out, you're like in the back of your mind, your subconscious telling you, if you don't do something now, you're not going to get a chance. But if you'll just slow down, yep. let things play out. Sometimes that deer is going to do what you need it to versus trying to force the issue, which, you know, here I am a 30 some year old or 30 year old, not 30 year old, 30 plus years of bow hunting. And I still catch myself trying to force the issue sometimes. And that's what happened to me too, with a big seven point this year was, so you talked about presets. I was hunting a location, and since I've got into saddle hunting, I've not set in a lock-on, a hang-on, a ladder, but I had this this preset with a lock-on in it that was there five years ago, and you know it was still good shape, and you know, the straps were still good. I decided I was going to hunt this stand that day. So I had my saddle on, climbed up this preset, got into that lock-on, and set myself up in my saddle where I was facing the opposite direction, and, you know, I'd sit most of the morning, I don't know, three hours or so. I was like, I'm going to take a break and I'm just going to sit in this lock on. And it had rained the day before, so it was super quiet in the woods. A um, little bit of a breeze, so you really couldn't hear nothing. Definitely couldn't hear anything walking on the ground, no leaves ruffling. And while I'm sitting in that lock on, I'm facing the other direction from where, where I initially set up in my saddle. And I hear like a cough or a sneeze. And I'm like, what? And I look over my right shoulder and there's a doe, probably 25, 30 yards max over my right shoulder. And I look behind her and here's this big seven pointer that he's definitely a shooter, big mature buck. Behind him is an eight pointer. And behind that eight pointer is another eight pointer. And this is the day after Thanksgiving, I believe it is. It's the Friday after Thanksgiving. And you know, these, this doe must be hot because that, this seven pointer He's five yards behind his doe just standing there. And then here comes these two eight-pointers on his tail. He starts charging at them. He turns around and charges at them, kind of runs them off. They run over the ridge, and he's watching them. And that doe, she never moves, man. She's just standing there, like, you know, kind of teasing these bucks. And then little bucks and little eight-pointers would come back, and that seven-pointer would charge at them again. This happened like four times. But the whole time – I'm faced the other way in this lock on. I can't move because I'm kind of exposed right there. I don't have any cover. And if I'd have stood up, that doe would have seen me. Well, eventually she comes to my right on my weak side and walks about 40 yards past me. Well, the seven pointer finally starts trailing her. And as he gets to about 20 ish yards to my right, still on my weak side, I've got my bow in my hand, but I haven't stood up to try to turn myself that way. He's looking over the – I'm on a ridge top. He's looking over the ridge at them two younger bucks he'd ran off. 
I said, try instead of, you know, like we just talked about forcing the issue, instead of just playing it cool, I stood up real quick to try to get turned on him. And I guess he must have caught my movement because I was kind of in the wide open right there. And he looked up and seen me. And at that point, I was just silhouetted like crazy because the, the leaf cover had already fell off. And there was just nowhere to hide. He bookers out. Um, so, you know, had, and that, I kicked myself so much. I was like, if had I just stayed in my saddle facing that direction, I'd have seen them deer coming, you know, then I'd have been on my strong side. And I probably could have got a shot at that deer. But, you know, again, that's just that's hunting for you. It's just never going to go as you really want it to. Sometimes, yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah, so that's uh, you know, that's so so you're you're kind of talking about setup, you know, like just being key, man. I mean, that's one thing. So so I know it's so it's different for me with a with when when I was hunting with a compound, man. I I wasn't too much concerned. A weak side shot was was doable, but with with the trad gear, man, with the trad bow, man, I don't necessarily. I, I kind of set myself up to where I kind of block my weak side. That way, that way I try to give myself just that strong side shot, you know, and then straight behind me because I, this is, well, this is after what happened to me because I kind of had a similar situation like that happened to me, man. I was, so I, I went into this area and there's always some pretty good, um, rut activity in this area. And I mean, this is a heartbreaker kind of like, kind of like your, your, your deal. And, uh, man I, I i wasn't there 30 minutes and i caught this nice buck man and he uh what was crazy was no no sooner than i got up there and i got set up man he uh he walked in about 80 yards behind me and i was like okay i was like all right i was like so but what he he kind of gave up his he kind of gave up a, a trail that i didn't know that was in there like a little travel corridor that he was using and so I didn't see anything else. I seen him, maybe a few does that night, you know, but I, I didn't have no shot or anything, you know? And so, man, I slipped out of there real quiet and I didn't mess with it for, for a day or two. And then I went back in there when the wind was a little better. And I was like, I was like, all right, man, I was going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get over there and I'm going to, you know, he's transitioning in here or he's cruising through here looking for does on this, on the downwind side of this bedding area. And so I went in there and I freaking got up in a tree, uh, one sticked in a tree. I was, I had a preset in there and I went in and I one stick, you know, probably 60, 80 yards over there, found that little travel corridor. And I, I one sticked up there and, uh, and I got, got set up and everything. And I was looking and I had some does, you know, out there in front of me, they come in and, and, uh, it's, it's pretty thick in there and it's been pretty hard to hunt, um, over the years, but it seems like some of the undergrowth is kind of, uh, kind of fallen kind of composted down so it's a little bit clearer in there this year and uh man i was i was sitting there and i was set up and i was like okay he's gonna you know this is if if he comes through here these bucks are coming through here and they're traveling right down through here and i'm gonna let him come past me about 10 yards and i'm gonna get a quarter and away shot and that's i'm gonna drive it right up in the vitals it's perfect perfect situation well what i didn't do was i i just i left my weak side open where i where i had a shot and we're, you know, we're like, Hey man, there's a shooting lane right there. And I, and I remember when I got up there, I looked at it and I was like, I was like, man, I could shoot that. And I was like, so, so I got my bow and I got my recurve and I, and I turned and I kind of drawed, you know, and I was, I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, all right, man. I was like, normally I don't even mess with the weak side shot and uh, I just kind of leave it alone. Well, now, now that, uh, there's, there's going to be a, by, by the time this drops, everybody else had seen, uh, Josh Phillips, uh, podcast and he's going to post some videos of a method that he uses to turn around on his platform which i wish i would have known then um because that, that could have helped me um just kind of alleviate this weak side shot because what happened was is i ended up um i was i was bleeding a little bit and grunting a little bit and i guess i guess this buck was bedded down bedded down behind me and i didn't know it i guess i snuck in there got in there in his in his bedroom without a without him knowing and he walked up right behind me and i heard mm -hmm. i heard him and i turned and i looked and i just kind of looked over my back shoulder and he was standing there i mean and what he was doing was when he was standing there he was standing there he was looking at these does that i had um out in front of me and so he didn't really have me spotted but 
now that it's all set, it's easy, it's easy to say this now, but who knows what would happen. But I went, oh, my gosh, I panicked, and I went, he's going to come to my weak side. I've got that one shot over there, and I reached up to grab my bow because I thought, man, it's going to take some time to get to that side over there. And, man, he caught my movement, and he caught my movement, and he blew out of there. And, I, you know, I just have to feel like if I wouldn't have done that, if I wouldn't have done that, if I wouldn't have pressed the issue, he would have walked right underneath me and he would have walked right past me. And I would get an angle and away shot. But what surprised me was that he didn't do what he was, what I thought he was going to do. And he showed up. I was like, he come from the totally opposite direction, you know? And that's, uh, you know, I, I, I was, I, you know, mentioned the story to some of the guys, you know, about like, Hey, what's the chances, you know, you think, you know, cause a lot of them big bucks don't do the same thing twice, man. That's why yeah. they're, that's why they're there. But it freaked me out when he came up behind me. And I mean, I turned, man, he was a nice 10 pointer. And, uh, actually I think I, I have a pretty good trail cam picture of him and I'm hoping that he made it. Um, we'll see, I'm still running some cameras, but, but I panicked and I went, Oh my God, you know, and I got to make something happen here. This is, this is my only opportunity. And had I just been calm and let it play out, that deer probably would have walked right past me on my strong side and gave me about a three-yard shot. Uh, and, 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 I, and I didn't do it. And that's when I, that's, that's, that's the deer, you know, I mean, I, that's that, that I realized, man, you know, when I, I realized, man, I'm pushing the issue. I'm trying to make things happen. And I, and I, and I got to calm down. I just got to calm down. And, you know, and so that's what I just kept telling myself. Hey, man, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If, if, if these deer do what they're supposed to do, uh, uh, you get a shot. If not, that's why you're trying to be mobile. So you can just kind of, kind of relocate, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I had them heartbreaks too, man, but I think everybody does, you know? And that's what makes it so fun is, you know, um, I was talking with Tony Sanjulosi on a podcast the other day, which will be dropping soon about his success. And, and we covered that, that, uh, you know, the unpredictability of, of chasing these critters is, that makes it fun. You know, if it was just easy and predictable and you knew exactly what was going to happen every time, where would the excitement be in that? You know? So that's part of the fun is the chases. Yeah. Anything can happen and it can happen a hundred different ways. And you just have to be able to adapt to the situation versus trying to force the issue, which, you know, like you said, after calming down, you was able to find success. Well, you know, I, I was able to, too, you know, just a couple of weeks ago on a buck I called Rick James. Um, it turned out I, this bucket showed up on me mid-November. I no history with this buck so whatsoever. He's a perfect eight point on one side. Like his right side was just gorgeous, big, tall, tines, you know, heavy. And then on his other side, it, that point grew straight up and split at the top. It would look like just a, a big eye guard with a split or a big spike with a split. Well, you know, and I'd looked at a hundred pictures of this deer and I never noticed until I got my hands on him. He had broken his frame off on that side. I must've done it in velvet. And, uh, that what I thought was just a big non-typical point was actually just a big, long brow split brow time. But, you know, needless to say, I was still tickled with that deer, but the story, you know, the point of the matter is I calmed down and let that play out. I watched that deer for a good 10, maybe 15 minutes and had him within shooting range for another, I don't know, five to seven minutes before I ever drew my bow back. So, you know, instead of trying to force the issue on that deer, I just waited for the opportunity to present itself and then took advantage of it. And I think that's why I was able to be successful in, in taking that deer. Yeah, he, he he was he was a nice deer, man. He's a big bodied deer, man. Oh I don't yeah, know that, I had to got... call a friend I had to call a friend to come in. I you know, I hunt by myself a lot. And I tried to get this booger up in the bed of my pickup truck and I couldn't do it by myself. I mean, I, <laughs> I lay down in the bed of the truck on my belly and tried to, you know, work myself up to my knees, holding him. And man, he was just too big. I could not get this thing in the back bed of my truck. So I had to call a friend to come out and help me toss him in there. He was a big body deer. You just sure. getting old, man. You've been 18, man, 18 oh, yeah. years old back in the day. You'd have thrown that sucker up there. I know one handed. <laughs> i can't i can't do it either man that's, that's what i was telling some of the other day i said i said i'm getting to the point where i can't get them get them up in the side by side man <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like geez you know yeah so 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 man so so it's definitely it's definitely one of those deals where you know you're gonna have you, you gotta learn 
you got to learn from your mistakes. You got to learn from your mistakes. And if you don't make mistakes, you're not going to learn. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. Oh, absolutely. And, and you have to remember them, you know, in the excitement of a, a big deer or any deer or any animal you plan on taking, you know, that, that heart rate gets elevated, the breathing gets rapid. You have to be able to, to at least calm yourself enough to remember, okay, this has happened to me before. I can do this, you know, and chill yourself out, take a breath and kind of recall on your past experiences to say, okay, don't force it. Let it play itself out. Wait for the opportunity to present, you know, wait till his head's down or wait till he's looking away before you try to draw. You know, I can remember being a young bow hunter and golly, it took me, I don't know, five, six years before I was ever able to kill a deer with my bow just because they come in and I go crazy and just try to draw whenever they was looking my way or whatever. And I never knew to, to wait for opportunities to, you know, do the right thing and prevent them from seeing you and all that. So it's like you say, it's in learning experiences and you have to be able to, to recall back on those to, you know, make sure you're successful in the future. Well, I'll t- I mean, you're absolutely right, man. And I'll tell you what, because this is from, from the beginning of the season to the, to the end of the season on the last doe that I harvested, um, that doe actually came in, um, and she came in and man, I, I almost got it on film, but I had a bolt that was loose on my camera arm. And that's one thing that I'm going to upgrade before next year is my video and equipment and, uh, and, and get a little bit better, better setup. But I thought I had it on her, but I guess the head on my, my camera arm dropped because that bolt was loose and I, and I missed it, but I, I showed you guys a little bit of a clip, you know, of her, her going down, but you know, that deer, I filmed that deer. She came in, she came in and then she, she, she kind of milled off and then she came back and, and, you know, and, and she was at 30 yards for 40 minutes probably. And so early in the season, I would have been trying to push that issue. I guarantee you, I would have been where I was at mentally. I would have been trying to push that issue, but I just told myself, I don't know if it's the pressure was off. I had deer meat in the freezer or what, but I just like, Hey man, I just had evolved through the season to where, man, if this doesn't play out, it's okay. But she actually, she actually, um, left and she got over behind a pond and I watched her over there, eat underneath the acorn tree for 30, 45 more minutes. And then she came back. And guess what? When she came back, I ended up, I ended up getting a shot on her at 12 yards, you know, and, and had I, had I not been calm enough to just let it play out, I would have blowed that shot at 30 yards because that's, that's not me. That's not where my skill set's at with a recurve. You know what I mean? Um, I mean that's a poke with a recurve. Oh, it, it is. It is for sure. But you know, but you know what I'm saying is that, that just, you gotta, so, so I, I know that I was going into this season a lot better off mentally as far as my shot process with the trad gear than I was last year. And so I was really, really, it's like, I really wanted to test it out. I really wanted to try, you know, but I look back and I kind of self-evaluate and, you know, I mean, I think it's, that's, that was one of the things that really helped me find success, man, was getting calmed down and learning, you know, just adapting and, and under the situations. And then when it was time to be aggressive, try to be more aggressive and, you know, you, you sit back after the season and you look at it and you go, okay, I'm already looking forward to next season because I'm thinking, okay, you know, I know that that was my tendency this year was to make, try to make something happen early on this next year. I'm not going to do that, man. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to do my scouting. I'm going to keep, get boots on the grounds. I'm going to put myself in the best situation and I'm going to, I'm going to start off next season. My goal is to start off next season, staying calm, not getting worked up, letting things play out because if those things play out and you don't, if they don't play out and you don't booger the deer up, then you've got a chance to redial in on them, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny you talk about pressure and I don't, you know, obviously we, we always put a certain amount of pressure on ourselves just because we enjoy this so much that we want to feel like if we don't kill something, you know, we've let ourselves down and it's not only internally that we put that pressure on ourselves, but you know, I, I think this happens a lot, and I, I, I'm going to admit it, you know, the pressure of wanting to share this with the people, you know, in our lives and in our social media, like with the cartel members, you know, I was dying just to get something to put on there to show everybody, hey, you know, I was successful. But then once I accepted the fact that, you know, I got through November 
and was unsuccessful. I hadn't taken anything. And I was like, well, you know what? If I don't get anything in this late season, it's no big deal. You know, hopefully, God willing, I'll have another chance next season. So sometimes if we put too much pressure either on ourselves internally or wanting to please, you know, our audience and our friends and things like that, you know, so if we'll dial that back a little bit and just have fun with it, you know, we may yeah. be able to find more success that way too. You're right, man. So, so my dad used to tell me back when he was alive, he'd say his main thing was he'd say, he would say, man, he'd say, son, he said, all you can do is ask God for the opportunity. And he said, what you do with it is up to you, you know? And mm-hmm. well, there was a, there's a whole lot of times I've been looking up at the sky going, well, I messed that up. Could you give me one more opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but that's all you can do, man, is, is, you know, is, is that it's just God willing, he gives you an opportunity and, and, uh, you know, what you do with it is what you do with it. And, you know, there's been many a times that I've come away from it and go, Oh man, that's not what, that's not what my intentions were. My intentions weren't, that weren't my, my intentions. It didn't go my way, but man, you know, hopefully, hopefully God will give me another opportunity. And it seems like he always does, you know? So, you know, eventually, yeah. eventually you capitalize on one. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something I firmly believe in myself is we just have to be grateful for the opportunity, whether we're, you know, successful in actually harvesting an animal or not, just having the opportunity to get out there you know, and be physically fit, able enough to climb these trees and walk these mountains and walk these hills and these prairies. And, you know, a lot of people don't have those opportunities. They can't do it either physically or financially or whatever. So just being blessed enough to have the opportunity to go out and enjoy this, that's enough in itself. And if we'll appreciate that sometimes instead of, putting that pressure on ourselves to bring something home with us, we may find we'll have a little bit better time with it. Oh, dude, I absolutely agree. 100%, man. I mean, I mean, so, so some of, some of the best hunts I had this year were, were the ones that I weren't, I wasn't successful on because I, I, I told myself going into this year was I was going to be more, um, I was going to observe more. I was going to pay attention. I was going to take it in more and see, you know, what I could, what I could teach myself, what I could learn is if, if you ever stop learning, if you ever stop trying new things when it comes to hunting, man, um, you know, it's just, you, you paint yourself into a box and you get stagnated and, and just, it, you know, things, things will start going South on you, man. You got to stay open-minded. And, and, and I feel like that was one thing that I did this year was I, I, uh, um, I stayed open-minded. I tried new things. Um, I did different things, um, than I, than I did in the past. And, and so I've got some things that, that were positive for me, you know, um, just from watching and observing and, and seeing how deer were moving and, and listen, granted, you know, I talk about this because I, I hunt private and I've had, I've had that private land, you know, for 10 plus years. And so, it's easy for a guy to get complacent on something like that and say, Oh, this is, this is what it is. No, man. What I learned is I could get in there with my one stick and I could find these little pockets of where these more mature deer were, were running and, 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 you know, that I wasn't seeing them because I was hunting the same spot or, you know, you know what I'm saying? This is what I always did, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's one thing that just, you know, being able to be mobile, even on private land is important, man. I mean, I, I, there, I took a lot of positives away from this season and I'm looking forward to the season's not even over yet here. And I'm already looking forward to next season. I'm already, I'm already ready to get to work, man, in the off season. Oh, absolutely. You know, before I was able to take that buck, um, you know, I'd already succumbed to the fact I may not kill a buck this year. And I was fine with it because when I look back, I said, I had a great season. You know, I had that encounter with that big seven-pointer. I mean, and when I say big, man, he was a stud. Um, he just – I don't know if it's genetics or what, but he just – he doesn't grow a, a fourth point on one side. But, I mean, he was a tall, massive, just gnarly, bully buck. And to have him within 20 yards, I mean, golly, he – my heart – when that deer ran away or buggered out, I mean, I shook for 15 minutes. I was like, golly – I was like, and that's what it's all about, you know, and then the opportunity at all those bear that I had, and I passed up a bunch of three-year-old deer, which, you know, me 20 years ago would have never passed these, you know, good 10 or 10.8 points that, you know, probably 120, 130-ish inch deer, but they're three-year-olds and they got super potential to really go into something, you know, 20 years ago, I'd have been like smack, I'd have been shooting them deer, but, (laughs) you know, I let a lot of those deer walk. 
and it was fun just seeing those deer, you know. And so I, when I look back at all the chances I had, all the opportunities, I had a great season. So I was just lucky enough to finish out towards the end, you know, taking that big gnarly super freak of a buck. But, you know. Uh, well, I think that that's something that you just, you know, um, oh, you know, you just, you just, as as you get older, man, you think just being in the presence of mature deer like that, that's a success in itself. That's a successful hunt. It is. You know what I mean? I mean, even though you didn't take the shot or you didn't, you know, when you're getting in the presence of three and a half, four and a half, five and a half year old deer and, and you're, you're going, yeah, yeah, I could have shot that deer, but you didn't, you know, um, then that's a win. Yeah. That's a win. I guarantee you that's a win. When you outsmart one, that's, that's, that's that old man. That's a, you know, that's, that's a win for sure, man. And that's why the one of the reasons I fell in love with saddle hunting, which there's more than one, but there's so many benefits is, you know, that mobility of it. I can play the wind now so I can hunt the same ridge top, but I can be 40 or 50 yards apart from where I may have been the day before because of a change of the wind direction. You know what I mean? I'm right. hunting the same deer. I'm in the same location, but now I'm getting downwind and, you know, that's one thing that I really key, key on. Yeah, I, you know, I try to maintain scent, a scent regimen, so to speak. I'll wash my clothes to begin the season, or, if, you know, if I've gotten blood on them or whatever, I'll wash them. But I don't get religious and, like, spray a bunch of scent elimination products on me and, and all this stuff. I just – now I play the wind. So I'll get up to my, where my hunting height is or my hunting location i'll drop milkweed and i'll kind of determine which way the wind's going before i start climbing and then i'll decide which tree i'm getting in based on that and i love that aspect of saddle hunting is you know i can still hunt the same areas but now i'm not stuck in a preset that i hung in august and i'm putting my chance you know putting fate to chance by being in a wrong wind spot now i can play the wind more which i enjoy that aspect of it right oh yeah so that's that's huge man is the the wind for sure man so so man to kind of shift gears man so what what are some positive things man i i, I don't want to I, I feel like we're talking about our, our our sadness and our sorrows of, of of our mishaps but what are some things that some positive things that you took away from the season i know i took some away uh i mean what well, you know again talking about all those opportunities that i had you know yeah not being successful we're letting deer pass you know those are positive encounters to me because i learned a lot on again playing the wind direction um setups as far as which trees i'm picking as far as you know the width of that tree and the cover either around it or behind it um so I, it seems like every time i go out in the past three seasons four seasons i've been doing this i'm getting better at picking those better trees that offer better cover whether it's at 15 feet or 25 feet or what have you um, you know, so some of the positive aspects I've had is just seems like I'm getting better at picking, you know, picking trees based on wind and actually put myself in positions where I can have opportunities if, if I want to take them. So that was one of the positives that I got from the season. So that's definitely so that's something that I told myself um, before the season started was I, I, I made it. I kind of just made a mental note to myself and I said, OK, listen. I'm not going to go in and I'm not going to hunt an area if the wind's not right and if the access isn't right. And, and so in years past, you know, you get, you get going and you get, sometimes you throw caution to the wind and, and you might say, well, I can get away with this wind or I can get away with this access. Um, you know, so this year I, I, I was, I was real vigilant of wind direction and access. And I can tell you this right now, man, the access was the biggest thing for me is even if I had, you know, a straight line to this, this particular spot that I was wanting to hunt and was, you know, say 150 yards. Um, but the wind, the wind direction wasn't right to, to get in there that way, man, I would go, you know, 400 yards, you know, this way and come in another way. You know, I would, I would think, how am I going to get in there and hunt? And then if I still couldn't get the access or get the wind direction, right, I just wouldn't hunt it. I would go somewhere else. I would say, Hey, you know what? I'm just, I might not see as, as I might not, it might not be as active, um, at evening or morning, but if the wind direction is right, I'd go hunt, a, hunt another spot or whatever. And I, lo and behold, man, I'd end up seeing, I'd end up seeing deer there because a lot of it was because the wind direction was right to hunt that spot and not the other. And mm -hmm. so one of the, 
one of the positives for me that I kind of took away with that was that was something that I, I stayed true to all season and, and, and it paid off because I just knew. So now I've, I kind of, I kind of, I'm not second guessing myself on that. When I, when I think, Hey man, this is my access. This is the way I've got to do it in the wind direction. Got to be like this. If it's that way and the conditions work out, so be it. I'll go hunt it. If it's not, I'm not going to hunt it. So one of the positives that I take away is I kind of had that, I had the mentality of that and I was able to stick with it and stay true to it. Where in the past, sometimes I, I might not want to, I would say, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and hunt, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely a, a big plus for me was that I had the, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, man. I had the, uh, you know, the willpower to, to, to stay the discipline, true to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The discipline. That's it right there. That's what yeah, I Yeah. And sometimes, for. you know, it, you, you know, we, we come up with all these ideas and thoughts and plans in our heads, but sometimes it's just about discipline and execution. You know, we have to be able to dis- discipline ourselves enough to stick with that plan and then go execute it. And yeah, maybe a little bit further of a walk or, or whatever the situation is. But if we execute those, those plans, the way they're supposed to be done, we're setting ourselves up for success, you know, uh, if it gives it to us because we haven't done something foolish or forced an issue that we shouldn't have to begin with. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's one thing I think everybody will learn as, as they become more seasoned as a hunter is if you'll do the right thing every time you're going to be more successful because if you try to force an issue, you try to hunt the wind wrong or take the wrong access and let your wind blow into bedding or whatever, you're going to cause more harm than you are, you know, mm-hmm you will have success because you're just you're doing things the wrong way so well i mean that that goes back to when when my daughter was in town you know from from college over thanksgiving break you know she came she came in and and uh you know we went hunting for a couple days and we just had we just had a couple days that we could get down there and she hadn't she hadn't harvested a deer in a few years and i you know i knew she was wanting to get one um so but and i knew i knew that we had an opportunity now she was seeing deer she was kind of hunting some different spots and and, uh, you know, she was seeing deer, but she wasn't able to close the deal on one, the deal on one, but I knew there was a spot that we could hunt, but the wind went right. And I knew that we were wasting our time if we went in there before the wind got right. And so the, lo and behold, the last evening, the last day, the wind, the wind turned out of the, the Northwest and it was right. And I said, okay, I said, this is our chance. And she was tired. I was tired. She, you know, I mean, we, we were camping, she, you know, not necessarily getting the best sleep and. And, uh, and I said, you know, so let's stay and let's stay and hunt. This is our, this is, it'll happen tonight. And we both ended up harvesting a deer that night. And mm-hmm. it was all because we were just patient and we just waited, um, and, and got good wind direction. But the, uh, man, another positive thing that I, that I took away from this season was setup, man, setup. I worked, I worked on my setup every time, every time I got in a, in a tree, every time I once sticked into a tree, where every time I got into a preset, I worked on my setup as far as where I hang my gear, where I hang this. You know, that was one of the things that I came a long ways on from last year to this year was getting in a tree and not feeling like I was jumbled up up there where I had everything had a reason, everything had a place. I just, you know, that was that was one of the things, man. And, you know, I'm running that uh the uh the mobile sniper man and Dude, that thing was a game changer for me just because of the, the larger platform. Um, and so that that really helped out. But it was it was more so one of the positives as far as my setup goes was I I knew what my limitations were more so this year with a recurve than I did last year. So it helped me as far as setting up. Does that make sense? It does. And before I get you too off topic, I wanted you to kind of get into that mobile sniper a little bit and, and just tell me about what you think of that once tip because it, it looks awfully intriguing to me. Oh man, dude. So, so it's uh so it is, so, so, you know, I, I'm welder by trade and I've been around some machine shops and I've, I've been around quality and, and, you know, work and stuff like that and around work that's shoddy and stuff like that. But this thing is built like a freaking tank, man. Um, it's put together. Well, it's, you know, the, the, the fit and finish on it is, is, is really good. Um, so I know that the, uh, so, so the only thing is, you know, I sent you guys some pictures one time 
um, mm. and that I had forgot. I will suggest this to everybody is make sure that when you order a mobile sniper, get the gear hook that he produces. It's a, it's a handy little thing and I have one, but you still have to remember to hook that extra platform up to it, um, to get it to work because you get about 15 foot up a tree and you look down and you go, Oh man. Mm. But with, but with that being said, it's still, still comfortable enough that I was able to set for three and a half hours that I, without, you know, that, without the full platform on with, top. without the full platform. Um, you know, and I know that he is, uh, he's coming out with a angled platform, um, here pretty quick that, that he's kind of in, in the works, but, um, that'll be a super popular add on that guys will, uh, that guys will love. But, um, I like the bigger platform and the straight platform myself, because what I could do is I run a real short, um, bridge and I could pull myself close to the tree and I could shoot more vertical. Does that make sense? I'm more yeah, of a stander yeah. than, than a leaner. leaner. Does that, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm telling you what, the side pressure has, there's no issue with side pressure. I'm able to get off to the side. It has actually, so it has actually extended my range of motion as far as around the tree. And, and that's one thing, man, that, that I spent some time with this year when, when, when I got that stick and that I worked on was, uh, you know, different shot angles and stuff like that and, and getting comfortable of kind of leaning, uh, leaning the opposite direction. So leaning towards my weak side, but, shooting towards my strong side does that i don't know if that picture i'm painting that right but you know um if i've got a instead of turning rotating in my saddle just kind of do use the side pressure you know off the platform mm -hmm. but man and so i and i carried mine um i carry mine with mine with me all the time because i use mine to put cameras up so when I'll, I'll run solar panels and i'll run the extended antennas on the tactic cams so yeah. i always i always carry with me so, man, one of the, you know, one of the guys, uh, I can't remember his name, but one of the guys on Saddle Cartel page, man, posted a, posted a video of him using the, using the, the rope mod as a, as a, as a backpack. Dude, that was a game changer. I was like, I, I don't know if you've seen that video or not. I don't think I've seen that one. String it through those holes, man. It almost like makes it like a string pack. Wow. And, and so, so when I wasn't carrying my pack, I would carry it like that because man. I was go uh, taking cameras down or moving cameras or whatever, man. So that was a game changer, man. Um, learning that I, from him, seeing that from him. I think that one stick's really going to catch on and take off just because it offers. So, you know, in my setup, you know, I, I use an EWO one stick with the UP platform, which is an angle, you know, has an angled front. But I still find myself, if I know if I'm going to be in a tree for an extended amount of time, I'll carry my platform, my uh, Trophy Line Onyx. And I'll attach both, you know, almost side by side. So I've got almost dual platforms, so to speak, just to give myself different foot positions and get around the tree more. But, you know, that mobile sniper with that extra large platform, once you attach it, once you get to hunting height, I'm thinking I may go down that road and just eliminate the need to carry an extra platform altogether. Well, I will say this, man, that, 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 uh, that I got some uh, stealth strip and stuff um, with it. And I, man, I, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that a guy necessarily needs that. I mean, I mean, more power to you if that's what you want to do. But I was able to be quiet enough with the finish and the fit and finish and stuff that's on it. I was able to be quiet enough where I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I was being too loud. But if a guy wanted to do that, that's fine. Um, it does come with it. It does come with a different with an an extra option. So it has so it has the two bolts where you slide that platform down on it. Um, and then it has another bolt in the middle. So I think that, I think the, uh, uh, don't get me lying, but I think the, uh, we're going to have Jared on a, on a podcast here pretty quick after the first year. But, um, I think that it's recommended for like guys that are over 250 pounds. You put that third bolt in there that yeah. where, where it clips down, I went ahead and put it in there anyway, just for a little extra insurance. And, and it doesn't, as far as, as far as getting the, the platform on and off, man, it's, it's super simple. So what I'll do is, is I will, uh, on my way, on my way up, I just hook it on the back, the extended part on the back of my saddle. I get up where I'm at. I pull it off. Boom. I step up. I mean, it's, it's like anything else. It's super simple coming down. What I'll do is I'll start rappelling down. And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll rappel down to the platform. I'll pull it off. I'll hook it. Um, 
sometimes most of the time I'll hook it on my saddle. Sometimes I'll build my pack right there. Um, it just kind of depends if I'm carrying it, what I've got with me. If I, if I'm, if I'm just hitting the ground and rolling, I'll get my aider and get everything going kind of right there. Um, it comes to, with some nice gear ties to put the aider up, but if not, you know, if I hit the ground, man, I'll, I'll throw it around in like an adjacent tree and I'll bundle up my aider and, and stuff like that. But man, it's, uh, I don't know, man. I highly recommend everybody checking it out, dude. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a game changer for me, man. I just think, I think this year there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to, that's going to come out. That's going to change. I know, uh, you know, there's some different companies out there that are, that are going to be releasing some new stuff, but, um, Hey man, I, I tell you this, the quality that, uh, the treetop guys are throwing out over there, man. It's, uh, it's, it's solid, man. Yeah. I can honestly see that being my next purchase. <laughs> Man, that extra platform is 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 nice. I like the size of it. Man. Well, and I it's, can't uh, imagine it's going to make any more noise putting that extension of the platform on versus putting another platform on like a tree that I'm doing anyway. I mean, no, I mean, no, it's it's super quiet. It's 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 man, it's uh yeah, it's it's so I I get up there, man, and so what I do is is I'll just I'll clip it on there and then I'll just I'll just climb up on it, man. It's 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 hard to explain. It's it's. I don't know, man. It's simple. It's there's nothing to it, man. It's it's uh yeah. it's, it it's a well built. It doesn't stick. look complicated, but it does look very enticing. I I can see myself getting me one and just eliminating that uh, extra platform altogether. Something I was able to do this year, you know, I've been running a TX5 saddle for several years now, but I was able to try out the new uh, lockdown from Tethered, and I'll give that thing an honest review. That's a nice saddle, um, super comfortable. Those built-in bags that come with that. Those things are slick. I mean, it's got just enough rigidity in them where you pull those zippers forward or backwards, the bag doesn't move, everything stays tucked and tight to you. I will say I really like that tether lockdown. That's a that's a super nice saddle. So so that's one thing I kind of changed up this year was I got away from um, I got away from the uh, from dump pouches. So early season, I'll run dump pouches when I'm not carrying a lot. And I, I'm kind of carrying like just a small backpack. And as, as I get later in the season and I'm carrying more stuff, the rut's going and I'm, you know, I might have different, different things in my pack, you know, um, I got away from, I got away from the dump pouches this year and I, I really like that. I really like that because just the slim fit of shooting the trad bow and, yeah. and it just seemed like it, I just didn't have them there, but, but you know, early season I ran them and I didn't mind them. I'm just saying that as late season, I started taking more stuff to the tree with me, maybe an extra jacket, maybe an extra this or that. Um, I got away, I got away from the dump pouches and just went straight to the pack and carrying everything in my pack. And, uh, and I, I really like that, man, but that's one thing that I'm going to be in the market for, um, before next season is I'm going to be looking into, um, a different pack right now, man. You know, I, I have people that message me and they want to know what pack I'm running, stuff like that. I couldn't even tell you the brand of it, man. I mean, I mean, I, I just, I, I try to keep it affordable and it works and, and, uh, it's like changing packs, man. It's like, I can't, man. It's like, you know, where everything's at yeah. in, in the pack you got. And then when you change, you got to learn where everything goes and everything's at, you know, and I, I think that's the worst thing I, I, I dislike about, um, changing packs, man. So, you know, and then, you know, um, I just went to straight running a pack. And so that's one thing that I'm going to be looking at is, is purchasing a, a different pack. And I'm going to look at, um, upgrade my saddle, going to a different saddle. I'm going to try to, uh, try some of the pleated saddles and try some of the two panel saddles, yeah. um, between now and next year. That's, that's definitely something that's on my, uh, on my radar for sure. Well, I know Greg Staggs put that, uh, pack of his out that they're selling on, you know, Eastern woods outdoors and, if you've watched his video on YouTube about, you know, how he won sticks with that pack, I mean, for a guy that doesn't want to run dump pouches, that pack would make a super lot of sense. You know, yeah. I've I've gotten so used, like you say, to your your rhythm and your, you know, where, where things are. That I'm just used to my dump pouches and everything being where I, I want them to be. So I can't see myself getting away from the dump pouches just because I've got my system so dialed in and I know where everything goes. But if a man was wanting to kind of recalibrate, you know, I really like what Greg's put out with that one stick pack he's got going on. Well, I know Greg said he's got another pack coming out that's a little bit bigger. And oh, so, yeah, yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see what it looks like and kind of mm -hmm. throw that in the mix of everything. And then, of course, uh, the TX5, you know, um, 
they've got that. He's got that. Uh, oh, it's I can't remember. The, uh, oh yeah, now that you asked me, yeah. He's got the Kiss pack, but he's got that other one. That's that's uh, is the uh, EOP EOP on yeah. on steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one. I, I, I'm going to kind of look at that. He sent me a video. Matt sent me a video on that one the other day. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at that one. Um, well, you know, you that's, know that's nobody yeah, nobody sponsors us here at Saddle Cartel, so you, yeah, no. we, we can we can give honest reviews, and yeah. I couldn't I will admit that. You know, I have enjoyed every moment in my TX5 saddle. You know, Matt Tompkins makes a super solid saddle. I mean, it's it is well built and it does what it's supposed to do. I've not had any uncomfort in that thing. I mean, I will attest that you know his his products are top notch, without a doubt. Absolutely, man, for sure. Well, John, man, so so just uh, moving forward, man. What are you going to do the next couple months, man, on the off season? So I've got a lot of things. I'm going to be making a big switch. I'm going to be going away from an index release. I'm going to try to shoot a thumb release this year. So okay. that's going to be my first big mission is transitioning from that index to the thumb. I've got a new set of limbs ordered for my bow. So I'm going to up my poundage. I've sh been shooting 70 pounds. I ordered a set of 80 pound limbs for my bow. I'm going to crank my poundage up a little bit. I'm going to, build a little bit different arrow i'm probably i was back down around 475 total arrow weight this year which i got a lot of speed out of that and i still had a lot of energy but i want to beef that up i'm looking to maybe put add 50 grains to that arrow set up so i got some arrow rebuilds i'm going to do i'm going to tinker with some different fletchings um, get this limb, these new limbs put on that bow of course i got me a new string that just came in today from tony sangelosi at drawing archery I've got that getting ready to go on. So, yeah, I'm going to play with my bow setup, uh, do a lot of shooting in the off season, And come spring, I'm just going to get back out and play in the trees, man. How about you? So, man, so, so you know, I, I'm shifting gears right now, um, and I'm going to chase some hogs till probably March or April. And then, you know, man, I, I've got a lot uh, – I've seen a lot of turkeys uh, this fall and this winter. And so, so I may try to turkey hunt, but you know, in these next immediate, um, few months, I'm going to chase some hogs and then I've got, you know, I've got some, uh, stuff that I'm kind of trying to do with, um, the wharf that I built and I want to, I want to tune some aluminum arrows, man, to that thing. Oh. Um, yeah, I, for some reason that bow just, that bow just screams aluminum, man. Uh, and just, just for, just, just to have them just for fun. I may not shoot them all the time, of course, because I, you know, I'm shooting the uh, the serious uh, 350s out of them right now. The the Supernova SDs. Santa Claus brought me a uh, brought me a half dozen, so that was good, uh, man. It, it it was it was much needed because I was down to one. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 uh, so I've, I've got those built. I'm gonna just kind of tune, um, make sure I've got that that bow tuned in. My other bow, my one eyed jack, man. It's like it's tuned. It's shooting good. Um, I was just shooting today, but. You know, I'm just going to kind of get back into some form work, um, try to harvest some hogs and, you know, just kind of, kind of see what goes from there, dial in, dial in my setup, stuff like that. But just, uh, you know, spend some time with, with the family and, and, uh, be around, be around the house a little bit more, but yeah, mainly we're, we're kind of, we're always busy in the spring. We've got baseball and softball going on. And then, you know, of course, turkey season will kick off in April. We're looking forward to that. Well, there's uh, going to, as you know, you know, and I mean, I'll just kind of tell everybody right now, you know, that, that, that we're, uh, we're going to continue on with the, the, the podcast, um, through the off season, getting the updates. And then we're also going to, uh, launch the, uh, YouTube channel, man. So, yeah. uh, I mean, and you, you know, we're going to, we're going to definitely be talking, um, you know, climbing methods. We're going to be talking, you know, safety. We're going to just be doing different, you know, tuning, um we've we've brought on uh, uh lance coleman a uh, big traditional guy man and i mean i literally have have learned basically how to tune a recurve online with this guy um i mean and he's been super super instrumental super helpful i'm glad to have him on board um with us and and he'll be instrumental to the youtube channel so, you know, we'll do some tuning stuff with him, we'll do some arrow building, just, you know, different, different shooting stuff. Um, you know, so we're just going to try to try to bring, uh, bring some good content to that too, man. And, you know, I'm looking forward to what everybody, 
everybody like you and Joe and Chris and, and, and Marcus and everybody and, and, uh, and Trevor bring to the, to the table with that stuff, man. I mean, it's, I think we got, we got a wide variety and, and, uh, of, of guys that do different stuff and shoot different stuff that I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a, a, a super big hit, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I am too. It's, it's always fun to see what the future is going to hold. You know, and I know there's, there's people out there would probably like to see it move faster, but they got, they got to, they got to understand, man. I'm just no, just no welder, man. That that's still learning how to do all this stuff. So that's <laughs> yeah, me, buddy. I'm just, I'm getting older every day. So yeah, I work at my own pace. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. So, so, so hopefully, hopefully we can do that. I'm super excited about launching that. And then, uh, you know, we'll do some do some fundraising. We'll do some giveaways in the off season on the on the page. Um, kind of got some ideals. Don't want to say too much about it, but uh, but there there'll be some more info coming out on it soon enough, man. Oh, sounds good, Trey. Well, it's been good catching up with you. I hope you guys have a super happy new year out in Oklahoma, and you and I will talk soon. All right, you too, John.